welcome to the Whatcom Dads Podcast, the local podcast for moms and dads, where we share our parenting experiences and local kid-friendly recommendations. I'm Mark Bagley. I'm Nathan Dwyer. And I'm Chris Roselli. And this week, we interview Stephanie Morell, the general manager of the Bellingham Bells, which is our local collegiate wood bat summer baseball league. Well, when we last recorded, guys, we were in Seattle following a Mariners victory. It's been two weeks. How have you been? Dude, that was fun, by the way, man. Super fun. I've been great. I've been great. The weather's been great until today. So, uh, family's doing good. Went to a Bells. Been to a couple Bells games. I've been been to a Bells game. Yes. Yeah. Went to California. I got to tell you, folks, the airport, COVID doesn't exist at airports anymore, just so you know. (laughs) Was it packed? Packed. A little bit of a wait, a little bit of a line to get through the TSA? No one at TSA. We walked right in, right through. It took maybe three minutes. So I thought, there's no one here. Yeah. We get inside, restaurants packed, every gate packed, no seats on the plane. We're back. We are back, baby. My older brother lives in Honolulu, and he said, packed. But he said the difference is, is they're all people from North America because Japan has, uh, they're not allowing people to leave kind of a thing as well, which is their number one tourist country. So usually they get a lot of Asian tourists and this is all North America. said it's crazy to see it packed. I read something on the internet that said people are renting U-Haul trucks in Hawaii because it's cheaper than (laughs) rental cars because there's so much rental car business right now. Yeah, my uh, sister's family... Uh, went a total of 10 of them, and they could not find any rental cars at all. So they said they were going to have to figure out Uber from the, ho- from the hotel to the airport and all around because they, could, they couldn't even get – they talked about U-Hauls, couldn't even find it for 10 people. I know, Mark, your daughter moved across the country since we last uh, met together. She did. She uh, arrived – in her vehicle in Boston, Massachusetts on Memorial Day. <laughs> and three days later, she flew to California for a family celebration <laughs> and flew back to Boston, starting her life there. And uh, very proud of her. They went to a Red Sox game on Friday night. Whoa. And she texted me back and forth and she said, Dad, I finally feel like I'm in Boston. That's awesome. Pretty great. Right on. That's what cool. were sort of your emotions, again, having had her gone for several years out of state for college, having her back for a couple of years, and then she's up and left again? It's not too bad. I mean, just because, like you said, she was gone for so long, we know she'll be back. So we're just excited for this adventure for her, and we're excited about going to visit. Yeah. It's, it's a great place to go, and we're going to head there mm-hmm. in the fall and spend a week or 10 days and explore New England. She could have moved to Des Moines. She could have moved a lot of different places. That's exactly right. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to Des Moines, but I assume it's not as fun as Boston. I have no idea. For all our listeners in Des Moines, Chris did not mean you any disrespect. <laughs> and I mean Iowa, not Washington. So, well, we had a fun weekend, actually. My brother and sister-in-law and our niece and nephew came to town, which was really fun. They haven't been up to Bellingham in a good five years or so. And so uh, Amy and I, we got dolled up with uh, my sister-in-law and brother, and we went out to the steakhouse at the Silver Reef Casino and did some gambling. It felt – we did have masks on, um, but it felt – the vibe was very different. Uh, without a doubt. And it was busy. There were quite a few folks there. The restaurant was completely booked for the entire evening, which was neat. And I got to say, they are selling these beverages there. Uh, it is a 
strawberry vodka, Grey Goose vodka, and they put in a, an edible glitter in the drink. And so the drink is this like blue, sparkly, swirly. It's amazing. I went on to Amazon and I have already bought pink, teal, and purple edible the, glitter for of drinks. Of the glitter? Uh-huh. So maybe we could have this as a topic of discussion on an upcoming <laughs> Whatcom Dads podcast about how horrible glitter is. Oh, it's not. It, it is. It, it is. As Amy says, as a teacher, it is the devil's tool. Yes. Like it is. It is a horrible, horrible thing. But in a drink, hmm. it's pretty cool. Do they get stuck in your teeth when you smile? No, it's like, super fine. Like fine, 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 like powder almost. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Changes the drink's color and makes it all sparkly. I can picture you looking. Uh, pretty cool at the uh, craps table with your glowing blue <laughs> strawberry vodka drink. Yeah. What they need to do is put in one of those uh those light up ice cubes that you can you can buy. That would be awesome with a little glittery. Mm, you're super a, cool. You're a man's man, Chris Rosales. I, t- <laughs> <laughs> I, I look forward to sampling these strawberry cocktails. Maybe you can make them for us on we'll a do future it. podcast. Deal. Well, I had an interesting weekend, uh, very, very fun, but my wife had the opportunity to spend some time away with her friends, so I was a uh, solo dad for the whole weekend, and it was wonderful, but five minutes into my wife leaving, uh, my youngest had a potty accident. 30 minutes later, there was milk spilled on the bedroom carpet. Uh, there was a bathroom, excuse me, a bathtub incident where some uh, kids were disagreeing about water and throwing on each other. So uh, I got through it all, but there were some real sort of moments of joy. And, you know, I took the kids just out to a playground last night and there were no other kids there. So they got to play on the playground with no masks Oh, fun! and just turning them loose on that playground. I mean, there's not many other things I think they would have rather spent an hour doing on an evening. And we did some meal planning. I, in, in an effort to make everything fair, we put all the meals in a hat, and everyone drew out a meal, and they got to choose what we ate. So we, we planned out the meals, and we went up to Hagen and bought all the ingredients. And so cooking with them, um, just, you know, it, it was really great one-on-one time. And my wife did get some time away and to reconnect with some friends. So it's a pretty cool dad weekend. That's a cool idea. The names and ha- I know you never did that because you weren't a fun dad, Mark, but... Uh, You're right. <laughs> There's too much risk in that. <laughs> they didn't go crazy. For, for dinners, they chose uh, make-your-own-pizza and spaghetti and meatballs. And for breakfast, they chose banana bread and smoothies. So they didn't go crazy. See, if my kids did that, they would choose um, glitter vodka <laughs> punch with light-up ice cubes inside. They can call Uncle Chris. I'll hook him up. Right. <laughs> Um, going back to our Mariners trip, I did a little more research on that uh, Caribbean roast pork sandwich we had, and I think I sent it to you guys, but <laughs> we didn't just stumble upon an amazing sandwich. This is a like nationally renowned sandwich. So turns out there's a restaurant in the Soto District called Paseo, and they've put their sandwiches there at the ballpark, part of the Edgar's Cantina um, little shop there at T-Mobile, but it looked like it's been ranked the number one sandwich in Washington, maybe the number two sandwich in the whole country, and it's been (laughs) featured on Food Network and Esquire magazine. So, Mark, again, great job. Now we know what the sandwich was. So it's the Caribbean roast pork (laughs) from Paseo. That definitely won the day of our food sampling challenge at T-Mobile Park. That was good, boy. They do have good food there. They've always had good food since that stadium was built. 
Well, speaking of baseball, today on the episode, we are interviewing Stephanie Morrell. She's the general manager of the Bellingham Bells, and each of us here has some connection to the Bells. Uh, Mark, what is your son's role with the Bells this year? Uh, this year, he is an intern. Uh, it's his fourth season, I believe, at the Bells, but now he's getting it for class credit, so he can actually graduate and get a degree, which is a big nice. deal. Uh, he's in charge of all social media. He's in charge of uh, TrackMan, which is a, uh, a computer program that tracks the spin rate and speed of all pitches. Oh, jeez. And he does something else. He's he's a bit – oh, he writes all the post-game and pre-game notes. He's a busy, busy guy, wow. but he loves it. Fantastic. Awesome. Great, and, great experience for him. And he plays Dinger. No, he doesn't play Dinger. I was going to say, I, what? <laughs> <laughs> give Dinger a big old hug the next time I see him. He's not. You shouldn't have said anything. Then I actually oh, yeah. would have gone up and hugged poor Dinger. <laughs> it's so good to see you. <laughs> Dinger is the mascot for those of you uninitiated. <laughs> Chris, what is your oldest daughter doing for the Bells well, this year? Yeah, man, Lexi uh, has her very first uh, taxes taken out of her paycheck kind of uh, job, and so she is a one of the head cashiers at the register at the concession stand. So she is loving it, um, serving Ralph's pretzels and hot dogs and popcorn and nachos and boy, you name it. So uh, and that visited her when we were at the game last week did- and. Got, came back with a hot dog and some popcorn. And the service was good? Phenomenal. Ab- I'm so proud. I can't wait to get up there and give her a hard time. <laughs> and this year, my office is uh, a sponsor of the Bellingham Bells. Nice. And so we've got a set of tickets for the office. And my daughter, when she was two, threw out the first pitch at a Bells game. It uh, was in connection with Western Washington Alumni Association. So uh, the Bells always have a special place in our heart as well. But before we get to Stephanie... I wondered how well you guys knew your minor league baseball teams. <laughs> so we're going to play a little uh, actual minor league baseball nickname or something I made up. Okay. <laughs> so I think I've got nine of them here. Uh, so this is taking into account all minor league teams uh, throughout the U.S. So first one up, do you think there's a team with the mascot or nickname the Crickets? Yes, I would agree. No, Crickets <sighs> is not one. There is a grasshoppers in Greensboro, North Carolina, but there are no crickets. So, Chris, I think the the key to this game, if it sounds normal, then it's, it's going to be a no. Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go with that philosophy. Okay, fair enough. All right. But you guys, when you guess the same thing, it's not as fun. <laughs> so we have to disagree every time. You don't All have right. to disagree. <laughs> All right. Uh, rubber ducks. I would say I would say yes, and I would say no. The rubber ducks are an actual team in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> The go rubber ducks. How about the Rockhounds? That absolutely sounds like uh, sounds like a team. I would have to agree with Chris, but I'm not going to. I'm going to say no. The Rockhounds are a team in Midland, Texas. <laughs> Good old Midland, Texas, man. That's like oil country. How about the Knuckleballers? I'm going to say no. Oh, that's what I was going to say. But oh. for the sake of the game, <laughs> absolutely. And they're owned and operated by Charlie Huff. Huh. The knuckleballers is made up. <laughs> How about the trash pandas? Abs. Uh, oh, I've heard of a trash panda before. I'm going to say yes. A trash panda is a dumpster diving bear, I think, or something, isn't it? I think it's a name for a raccoon. Maybe. Oh, that's it. Yeah, you're right. That's it. Yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they are a boy band from South Korea. <laughs> the trash pandas. <laughs> 
a K-pop boy band. Yes. <laughs> the Trash Pandas are an actual team. Want to guess what state? Uh, Louisiana. Iowa. Alabama. Oh, I was close. Alabama. Rocket City, Alabama. <laughs> I want to go to that city. How about the Lugnuts? Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes from Detroit, Michigan. Yes, from Lansing, Michigan. (laughs) Well done. Two left. The Yo-Yos. No. I'm going to say yes, managed by a famous Mattel. Mr. Duncan? Yeah, yeah, that's it. No, I was going to say a cellist. Oh, the (laughs) Yo-Yos. Well, the yo-yos are made up. Oh, that's like trademark. You can't, you know, you got to pay all the copyright on that. That's I'm not very good know, at this yeah. game. Lastly, the Bay Sox. Uh, what? I'll, yes, the Bay Sox. I'm going to agree with Chris Roselli. Part of the um, Cape Cod League. The Bay Sox are, in fact, an actual team from my hometown of Bowie, Maryland. What's the, is that kind of Cape Coddy? Uh, Chesapeake Bay oh, is what Chesa- you'd be going for there. Nice, man. I think my favorite all-time minor league baseball nickname was a team from Wisconsin, and they were nicknamed the Utter Tuggers. That is absolutely awesome. My son has a t-shirt. I was going to ask if you had a t-shirt. You had, your son's got a t-shirt. He does. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson & Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson & Cole, when you need us, we will be here. Okay, this week, uh, we're very pleased to have with us Stephanie Morrell, who's the general manager of our local Bellingham Bells. Our last episode was at a Mariners game, and we thought, geez, we should be promoting the hometown team. So, Stephanie, thanks for taking the time and joining us to talk about uh, all things baseball tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, if you could tell us just a, a little bit about yourself and your role, your role with the Bells, we'd, uh, we'd love to learn more about you. For sure. Um, yeah, I came to Bellingham. I feel like this is not a super unique story, but I came to Bellingham to go to Western, like so many other people, and fell in love with Bellingham and didn't want to leave. Uh, so I've been here um, for almost, I think, about 15 years. I've been here about 15 years. Met my husband. Uh, we started a family. We have a three-year-old daughter and uh, started my career in sales and marketing and was working with local businesses. Um, I was actually working for the Bellingham Herald and just kind of got to know a lot of different businesses. And at that time, it was kind of the early um, 2010. So it was like 2011, 2012. The Bells were being rebranded. They had a new owner. They were changing the logo and changing everything. And they were actually one of my clients. And um, they didn't have a marketing director. So they would always call me about things that were probably not the job of their ad rep at the Herald. But I did them anyway and got to know them pretty well. And um, two or three years later, they were in a position to really grow their team, their full time team was one person and they were in a position where they could grow that to two um, and approached me about being that person. And 
uh, I've always been a sports fan and I really believed in the mission even then, even before I was involved in it. I thought what they were doing was really cool. So I came over in uh, 2013 and I've, I've been there ever since. was promoted to GM about five years ago and I've had um, the opportunity to be in that role, which is awesome. And um, my role is really you know, the title kind of says it all. I generally manage most things and that <laughs> depends, that depends on the day. I'll tell you that. Um, but it's given me the opportunity to just work with a lot of different people, um, to do a lot of different things. And that's, that's what I really like. And so, um, you know, some days it's sales and strategy and accounting. And then other days I'm literally trying to figure out like how we're going to buy hot dog buns in a mass quantity or, you know, things like that. Well, the bells are certainly something that all three of us dads here enjoy. So thank you for your contribution to our community that Mm -hmm. way. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with the bells, can you tell us a little bit about what level of baseball the team participates in and maybe a little history of other minor league teams here in Bellingham? You know, the bells as a community team have been around for years and years and years. We actually have a cool new exhibit at our ballpark where Dick Martin, who is actually Joe Martin's son, put up a bunch of pictures from the fifties. So there were bells in the fifties. The uniforms look pretty similar. Um, Dick Martin himself was the bad kid. So it's just, that's really cool. And then, so the bells have been around for years as a community team, as a semi-pro team, now as a collegiate wood bat team. Um, but obviously a lot of people remember when we had uh, affiliated ball in Bellingham. So when it was the Dodgers, when it was the Mariners, everybody remembers Ken Griffey Jr. Some people think he was a Bell. Some people know that he was a Bellingham Mariner, but everybody knows, you know, that he was in Bellingham. Also, you know, the Giants were there as well. So a lot of history. The mid-90s is when it became collegiate summer ball. Um, In 1999 was the first year that the Bells played in the PIL as a summer collegiate team. And then um, in 2005, joined the West Coast League and have been a summer collegiate team in the West Coast League ever since. And so, Uh, What does that mean? You know, that just means that all of our players are collegiate athletes. So they're not, you know, the level of play is pretty similar to something you might see at short season A, um, but our guys aren't getting paid and they haven't been drafted by anyone. They're planning on returning to college. This is their summer vacation. They're college students. um, But for them, it's an opportunity to get an experience that's really, really close. It's wood bats. It's traveling with the buses and Um, just kind of having that little more of a grind than, you know, playing on weekends and flying everywhere, which is, you know, what they do in college, which is great. It's an awesome experience, but that next level, the next step that they all want to take is a little closer to what what we do. So speaking of uh, guys trying to chase their dreams, you did mention Ken Griffey Jr.'s played in Bellingham. Can you name some other, some other ball players who've also played in Bellingham over the years? So Raul Banez is another one, you know, people remember Ken Griffey Jr., but um, Raul played here as well. And I got the chance to meet him about five years ago. And he, he was still remembered everything about the ballpark. He stayed in touch with his host family and he was just so excited to, you know, be able to meet us and talk about how, what a great experience he had in Bellingham. Um, and then Edgar Martinez is another one. Um, you know, he wasn't in Bellingham for a long time, but he's one that a lot of people remember. And there's a long list of, of other names that, you know, have been through, um, both playing, you know, for our home team and then also just guys who, you know, played at the park as they were coming through, but a lot of talent. And we actually have a banner at our ballpark that lists, you know, 10 or 12 different guys. And it's really cool. There's, there's a lot of history there and a lot of really good talent that has come through over the years. 
So Stephanie, how do you put together your team and how do the other teams in your league, is there a draft or do you recruit players? How does that all work? I think people have this vision that we're out there with radar guns and, you know, doing this whole thing. And um, really what it is, is it's, it's a recruiting process based on relationships. So our two coaches, our head coach, um, Adam Gieselin, our pitching coach, recruiting coordinator, Jim Clem, they really drive it. I work with them and, and they bounce things off of me, but they really drive it. And how it all comes together is having relationships with college coaches and having your programs that you know you can go to and that you know you're going to get the kind of player you're looking for, both in character and in skill. And you build those relationships. And that's a two-way street. You know, we're really borrowing these players. So we take these players for the summer and they go back and they say, I had a great time. The ballpark was great. They took care of me, good host family. And, and then that strengthens the relationship. And it kind of is a two-way street. So it's just a placement process as far as, you know, the players themselves, they don't get a ton of input. You know, the coaches decide, their college coaches decide on the experience they think would be best for them. And then they kind of say, hey, this is where, you know, this is where you're headed this summer and try to get them um, a different experience every summer because it's a baseball experience. It's also a life experience. So when these young guys come here from across the country, up and down, up and down the West coast, you mm-hmm. talked about host families. So tell a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, how, wh- where these guys stay when they're in Bellingham playing ball. Yeah. So our whole league really functions off a host family model, uh, which is, you know, it's a kind of a really tangible thing for two reasons. A, you know, to be able to house all of these guys would be an expense that would at this level be really hard to bear. But the other thing is that these guys are coming from all over, you know, they could live in an apartment or whatever, but they really need a family support system and they need someone to show them around and make their experience special. And that's what our host families do. We have an awesome network of them, about 25 families and um, they're just the best and they take care of these guys. And, you know, I always laugh that I think I need a summer host family because these guys are getting (laughs) lasagnas at 10 o'clock at night. They're getting snack bags when they go on the road, like they're well, they're well taken care of. Stephanie, can you tell us uh, how many home games the Bells will have this year and what it is that Mm -hmm. makes a Bells game such a great family activity? For sure, yeah. So we'll have 34 this year. We actually picked up a few extra home games as a result of the West Coast League kind of changing the schedule um, when some of the Canadian teams left the schedule um, in April. So we picked up a few more home games. And, you know, I think one of the things we always just try to be is affordable and accessible. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, it's five to 10 minutes away from their home. They can ride their bike. They, you know, they can come for $8. So that makes it really, I think a unique family. I I don't know if there's many family activities or at least ones that my family does that are $8 a person, you know, it's just, things are just expensive. And so to be able to come, and I think it's a, it's a safe place. Um, Kids can run around and, you know, I think people really like that. And then what we've always tried to do is have kind of something for everyone. Um, I really like baseball, but I recognize that not everybody does. Some people come and they literally leave and they don't know the score. I've been asked why we didn't play the 10th inning because there's a 10 on the scoreboard and I've been asked why we didn't play it. Like not everybody's baseball fans, but they come for the hot dogs and the bounce house and, you know, the dinger run and all these things. So I think that's, what's really unique about it is uh, we cater to a lot of different, um, you know, likes, dislikes, and why people are there. And we just try to have an atmosphere where people can come and have fun, no matter why they're there and who they're with. They come and have a good time. That's always been our focus. And, you know, I, I think that's what makes it kind of unique. 
So uh, obviously this is a unique year with COVID. Um, we are recording right now this in mid-June. What are the current COVID precautions that are in place now? And are there any plans to change those uh, precautions as we move into July and the rest of the season? Sure. So, you know, right now, just underneath state guidelines, we're at 50% capacity is kind of um, where we're at. So it's about 1500 for our stadium. And uh, we, you know, are following, we've got a COVID safety plan and are following all of those things. Um, I think that in the next few weeks, it's pretty certain things are going to change. We're not exactly sure what that is going to look like, but we haven't been exactly sure you know, since the spring and things have changed and we've reacted and we, that's just how it's been. And so we'll continue to do that. Uh, we want to have as many people be able to join us as, you know, we can. We also want to keep people safe and um, be able to, you know, have an atmosphere where people feel comfortable. I think all along we felt like July and August were going to be the best chance to have the most fans. Um, all of our promotions are in July. <laughs> so all of our fireworks nights are in July. Usually we spread those out, but you know, this year, everything's in July and August because we felt like that was probably going to be our best chance. And it is looking that way. And so, you know, we're just going to continue to follow those state guidelines, um, follow our COVID plan. And um, but so far, you know, we're through six games and I think people have really enjoyed it. It's um, I think it's a fun, safe outdoor atmosphere. And it's just good to see people, you know, see people run into their neighbors that they haven't seen in a year. And, you know, it's just, it's really neat to see the community come out and um, hopefully we get to do that, you know, in larger numbers as, as the summer continues. My wife and I came to the game, I think on Thursday night and sat right behind home plate. And it was so good mm -hmm. to be out at the ballpark again. It was a beautiful mm -hmm. evening and there were people around us from eight years old to 80 years old. And so it is a <laughs> true, true family activity. And of mm -hmm. course, one of the, best parts about going to a ball game is the food and drink. And I noticed mm -hmm. a lot of the concession workers were delivering food up into the stands and people were grabbing beers and ice cream. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the local food and drink that might be available at Joe Martin stadium this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we try to do local like wherever we can. I feel like that's just Bellingham and we have so many good things in Bellingham that we should try to showcase them. So uh, we have Boundary Bay beer. We've worked with them for many, many years. Um, we have some local ciders on tap. Uh, we've been working with Bellingham Cider Company and Lost Giants and Sound Beverage is our distributor. Uh, we have Ralph's Pretzels, which are delicious. We've been working with them for many years. Hempler's Hot Dogs. We have Ac Acme Ice Cream. We get our buns from Hagen. So we literally just, you know, I feel like if there's somewhere locally that we can get a product, um, that we should, and we do. And, um, there's so much good food. I feel like at, at the ballpark, um, we're really lucky to have all these awesome businesses that are willing to, to work with us. Well, the bells are an absolute blast to be able to go watch and sit in the sunshine on a warm summer day. Um, <laughs> for folks who may not be quite exactly familiar with the bells, where do they play? How can listeners learn a little bit more about them and how can they order tickets for an upcoming game? Sure. Yeah. So we play our games at Joe Martin Field, which is in the Civic Athletic Complex across from Fred Meyer um, on Lakeway Drive. And so we um, it's a nice little stadium. It's 1600 seats. We have a big grassy berm. So it's a really, really nice little stadium and uh, tickets and, you know, information and everything that is available on BellinghamBells.com. We also have a link for tickets. That's BellsTickets.com. We are selling tickets 
pretty exclusively online this year. Um, and we're scanning tickets at the gate so you can just buy them, have them emailed to you and show them on your phone. So um, that's where you could find more information. And if you haven't been to a game, we'd love to see you at one. We'll put a link in our show notes as well. But Stephanie, we want to thank you so much, um, not only for joining us uh, for <laughs> the Welcome Dads podcast, but for making sure that the Bells uh, remain in Bellingham and are a great <laughs> family uh, uh, entertainment and atmosphere for all of us to enjoy. So thank you so much. And um, as we hear all the time after Michael finishes the seventh inning stretch tape out of the ball game, he says, go Bells. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Go Bells. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks to our guest, Stephanie Morell. There is a link in our show notes to the Bellingham Bells website. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, Robinson and Cole Attorneys. You can reach the show through our Facebook page or at our email address, whatcomedadspodcast at gmail.com. We welcome listener feedback and suggestions. And remember to rate and subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app. Next week, we discuss communicating with our kids. And we'll also share some of our favorite annual Whatcom County Summer Festivals and events. Happy Father's Day, everyone. And go Bells. Go Bells. Go Bells. How does Lady Gaga order her steak? Ra 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 ra. I love it when you sing your jokes. Keeping on the food theme, what do you call a carrot that never goes to parties? What? I, I have no idea. A square root. <laughs> now that's a dad joke. Keeping on the steak theme, what did the dad cow say to the baby cow? I don't know. It's past your bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>